Welcome to the latest episode of BAM Weekly, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment, and then at the end of the episode, we bring it all together to chat some sports enter- entertainment, better known as wrestling. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, I am just trying to turn off my phone so it doesn't play Hulk Hogan's theme song like it has been doing every morning for the past couple of shows. We got it turned off. It's all good. Um, so yeah, we would, we were going to be talking some sports. We would be talking some entertainment, but, uh, you hate Rick and Morty. You are the Grinch who spoiled Rick and Morty. You're the one guy I know who does not have any time for that show. I am the one person, you know, who is smart enough to understand that that show is nothing but utter bullshit. And nothing let's else. Not do, let's not do the Rick and Morty rant and lose even more fans here. But no, I uh, I don't know how you do it today, man. It's a it's a lovely Monday morning, little fall action here in Toronto. Yeah, where I am at, it's uh, muggy. <laughs> Ooh, gross. No, you know ne- you never like that humidity, that mugginess. No, 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 no. It's it's pretty disgusting. But. It's not going to be bad later. It's just uh, this is how it typically is. Uh, and then in the morning, it gets nice and cold. And then by the afternoon, it gets uh, all disgusting again. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, uh, West Coast, Southwest Coast weather. It's the Southwest Coast. Ooh, la, la. Yeah. Are you, uh, you're not back home, are you? God, no. No. <laughs> no. Not, not yet. Are you, uh, Requirements yeah. for survival each day. In LA. <laughs> oh man. So how's it going? What's new? What's exciting? What's going on? Uh, you, how's life? Uh, life is good. Uh roommate drama that I refer to on a, a previous podcast has been settled. It seems like all is well. The house is calm again. And life is good. I was just so enjoying a nice morning. On the Toronto Western Front. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, I was just enjoying a nice morning coffee with my cat at my feet. I was just like, ah, oh, peace in my home. You know, right. it's so, so good. So, it yeah, is life is uh, literally it, it, the worst. It's the worst when, like, the home life is uh, in flux and there's just, like, drama and unease and tension around the home. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I grew up with a little bit of that, but then it went away and I strive to keep the tension and drama out of my life. Forever. And let's hope that continues. Obviously, it can't continue forever, forever. I don't want to be too toxic about it. But, you know, the, you can just maintain a positive, chill vibe around your life. And let's uh, let's get back to that, Boris. Am I right? No, that's exactly it, man. Like, that's the reason why I moved out when I was 17, right? Like, that's the reason why I've, I've, I've kind of, like, done my own thing always is just to keep that positive vibe just because it's like, you know, I don't need that 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 toxic BS, that that unhealthy vibe around me. So that's why, like, I kind of, you know, would rather stick to myself half the time. But, you know, it, 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 you know in the grand scheme of stuff. But, yeah, it just it, it nothing is worse than having a sh- like that, that that home life just just upside down. Right. Like, you know, I've had that toxic roommate uh, when uh, there were three of us together it got to the point where. I don't think I've ever mentioned the story, but like it was one of those midnight moves, except it happened during the day while my <laughs> best friend and I were working. We come back home. Uh-huh. I see keys on the counter and I'm like, well, so that just happened. Yeah. And just like stuff gone, cleared out. Yeah, that sucks, man. That's always tough for sure. But yeah, yeah but it was, at least it like, was for the best because this person yeah. was like 
just toxic as toxic can be. Uh, just absolutely, like, for some reason, went out of his way to ruin my life. Yeah, that's absurd. That's a little much. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't need to super get into details unless you want to. I mean, no. we got a little bit of time. No, that, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. But yeah, though, like, it's, it's yeah, so... And it's funny because, like, I was never wanting to live with roommates, but I did kind of, you know, just say, okay, my best friend, he, he, we can live together. But then, you know, throughout that couple years that we were living together, um, a third person kind of became part of the group. Um, and, and yeah, but like, it was just, uh, it's just a headache. Uh, but yeah. And then it, it's funny enough because this happened in the apartment kitty corner from where we are. Right, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I remember you used to live literally across the street. Well, like, diagonal the yeah. street from us, yes. Worst move ever. I hated that move because you can't justify doing anything except literally lugging yeah. your shit across the street. It's true. Hiring movers for that one is an all-time lazy, like, dickhead move. You kind of just got to gotta sack up, as yeah. it were, and put that couch on your fucking back, Boris, and walk well, it across the way. It's funny, because, like, the couch that I had, like, you don't understand how big that apartment is, right? Like, it's a three-bedroom, huge place. I really? had a sectional couch that sat in 10 people. So that motherfucker was going on the curb. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, no so, doubt. And you know, like, you know how the, the houses are where we live, right? Yes. They don't make it easy to move in and out. So what we actually ended up had to do was take it out to the back patio, you know, that huge-ass back patio that we always pass when you go to the subway, and I literally launched it off of the balcony. <laughs> I remember hearing this story before. That's hilarious. I wish I could have been there to have seen that one. Yeah, it was just like, oh, it's the funniest, most ridiculous move. Uh, yeah, it was just, I hated it. But whatever, it is what it is. Here we are. Here we are, all happy, all ready. It's, uh, what day is it, Monday? Yeah, it's a Monday. Oh, my God, it's only Monday. <laughs> it is only Monday, my friend, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're slugging away. We're hanging in there. When are you back in uh, Ontario? Uh, Thursday. All right. Well, that's not too, too bad. No, 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 no. no. Like I say, I try to keep things short now. Uh, I'm, I'm over the luxury of traveling for work. Yeah, it's fun at first, but when you do it as often as I do, it gets tiring. And it's just like, you know, the reality is you just miss a lot of life. You honestly miss so much of life. And the one thing that like always got to me and it still gets to me to a certain extent is that life goes on for other people. Right. Like it's kind of weird. The, like I see people hanging out, I see family doing stuff, I see parties, I see whatever, and it kind of just sucks because it's like you, you can't be there. And yeah, I know at the end of the day, I do have control over it, but I kind of like, and, and I don't also like it. It kind of sucks sometimes, um, and uh, yeah, it puts a strain on many aspects of your life if you knows what I'm talking about. I feel you. I feel you, buddy. Yeah. Um, hey, man, though, like you're stacking that money. Like you said, you're doing your own thing. And right now at this moment, you are single. You don't have children. So I guess like it is the time to do That's... it, though. You do. You do still have, for lack of a better term, relationships just with friends, just with family. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the, the, yeah. And it's hard to 
find an actual relationship, right? Like, and this is the thing, like, you know, the, the current situation ship that I'm in, for lack of a better term, you know, it, it, we, we've never had to deal with this aspect of my job until now. And right. I kind of knew this was going to happen. But here we are, right? Like, but uh, again, positive, positive affirmations for a Monday morning. <laughs> it's all good. We will be I doing like the, well. Uh, I like the term situationship. That's a that's a positive thing. You add that to the Rolodex. That's a good one. You've never uh, you've never heard it. No, I haven't actually. Is that that that's a thing? It's out a thing. There in it's the a wild? TikTok right. thing. You're seeing this more on the social medias on TikTok. Situationships where two people clearly are more than friends, but they're right, not yeah. in a relationship. Gotcha. I am so fucking old boris i see you uh are are you're uh 37 years or somehow younger than my 35 years i think that's that's pretty fair to say you know it's kind of funny like it's it's i've always <laughs> it's so true actually <laughs> and i think it's <laughs> somehow, somehow i'm older yeah I, of I'm the company i keep right like i think it's the company uh, uh, i keep <laughs> yeah you're fucking no good ruffians that you hang out with <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, man, it's just uh, one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, whatever. So uh, these things us... will work themselves out as they are managed to. Anyway, sorry. Please exactly. Continue. I was going to say, so I think that's enough chatter. Let's move to some sports. But Matt, let's play a little, a little something now in honor of the Finns. Oh, they made it happen, all right. Oh, people are shouting, all right. Shout it right now, baby. Finn's fucking one. I want to take this opportunity to say two things. One. I'm sure a lot of uh, any Bills fans who are listening are, are going to remember this when Buffalo cranked. <laughs> oh, they're going to absolutely December. demolish the Finns in December in Buffalo. <laughs> also, too, we were out on the Dolphins and it took three weeks for us to be playing celebratory <laughs> songs. It just, you're just all the way back in, just like shamelessly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just hilarious. Yep. Uh, that's yeah, how sports Dolphins works. That's how sports works. The Dolphins are looking pretty damn good, man. Uh, Coach McDaniels is just, he's a, he's just a ton of fun. He's a shit show in press conferences. He, he reminds me of a little bit of a cooler Tony Khan. He's kind of the Tony Khan I always wanted Tony Khan to be. That's right? the Miami Dolphins coach, McDaniel. Mike McDaniel, uh, I believe it is, right? He, and you know, he would be a perfect fit for Jacksonville also. Another young team that's hungry, that is, you know, the the, the, the underachievers. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, the, that coach is something. Yeah, I love him. From Yale, he, well, he's not from Yale. He went to Yale. He's from Smoky Hill High School in Aurora, Colorado. That's where he was born and raised. Mike McDaniel. He's really turned this Miami Dolphins team around. They have two of the fastest receivers in all of football, Tyreek Hill, who uh, unfortunately has had some really serious allegations in his past uh, in terms of domestic violence, and that's why we were kind of out on the Dolphins this year. But, I mean, if you're watching football, it's clear that he is exceptionally gifted at this sport, and he's really helping this Miami Dolphins team win. Jim 
Jalen Waddle, the kid they drafted two years ago, is also just a, a speedster of all speedsters. It's possible the Dolphins have two of the five fastest people in the entire sport on their receiving core, and that's why they're having a lot of success. Buffalo was banged up last week. They lost their safety. Uh, I believe his name is Micah Hyde, right, for the season. And uh, they they were in a bad spot, and uh, Miami capitalized. They did capitalize. Oh, of course. Like, and but that's the thing, right? Like, they at least were able to capitalize. It wasn't one of those, though, 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 those things where Buffalo still managed to beat them. And I'm not going to say it was a great win. It was a very shaky win. But you know, when your defense is on the field for 40 minutes. That that's a, quite impressive at the end of the day, right? Um, it is. It it's say what you want, right? Like, and 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 let's let's talk some serious notes here before we get to the elephant in the room. Let's talk about that punt at the end of the game. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was gonna lose them the game. Oh, it's hilarious! Yeah, I saw on Twitter, and actually, even uh, I was listening to a bit of the Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal podcast before we turned this thing on, and they were saying too this joke of uh, if you punt the ball off of your own teammates arse and out the back of the end zone, that should be worth more than two points. That should be more <laughs> than a safety. That's like a double safety. That's a touchdown against that should just be a forfeit. Everyone go home. That's the worst thing you can do on a football field. Yep. So, <laughs> so one thing before we get to Tua is I think we've seen a crack in the Buffalo bills armor. And that is when things aren't going their way, they have a meltdown. Uh, maybe. And I mean, that that could that is right now. It seems to be a, a way that you can attack Buffalo, although it's still week three. Right. So that's a problem that that a Super Bowl team needs to be able to uh, fix, needs to be able to take care of. So hopefully Buffalo can work on their poise and their, you know, calm under pressure yeah. by facing these pressure situations, right? Yeah. Pressure situations. Anyway, so you're right at this moment, though. It seems like this was the first time Buffalo got punched in the mouth at all this year because they romped in the first two weeks. And then they got a little bit of a punch in the mouth here and they kind of didn't react as well as you would think. But they did have a chance. The time ran out on them. That is part of what you're saying, though. They were panicking a little bit, maybe, whatever it is. They weren't as... Not, uh, it, it just it's it, it's just football too right like uh, i in the second last play well no actually the last play of the game i believe it was like Zaya mckenzie had the ball and he was scrambling to get out of bounds and he just couldn't he just couldn't get out of bounds because miami closed off the sideline and tackled him in bounds so if he does get out of bounds there buffalo has won maybe two more plays and maybe we're talking about an incredible josh allen comeback it's just a game of inches man well not only that but josh allen Gets himself a absolutely stupid foul in a crucial moment of the game, yes. right? And that yes. essentially cost them the game. That's what I mean about I the, the kink in their armor, right? Like, they need to be a little more, I'm going to say it, tranquilo about things. And this is now, a th because like this is literally the first time all season that they were behind a team. So seeing their lack of poise, the lack of uh, composure for me was should be the biggest story of the actual game, the biggest takeaway. That's interesting. I, I'll agree with that, uh, with the caveat that I don't think it's like the death blow. I don't think, no. oh, Buffalo's fucked. You know what I mean? They, they they crumble under pressure. I think they got punched in the mouth once, and they didn't react the best, but it's a long season. You know? Yeah. But you're right. You're completely right. And, and, and now let's talk about the elephant in the room, Tua, and that 
supposed lack of check for the concussion protocol. What, what do you take of that? All that. I mean, it's football. It is what it is. If they're gonna, they're going to get away with whatever they can uh, on that front, on the hiding injuries front, and whatever. So yeah, I, I just hope Tua is okay and he didn't suffer a concussion and he's not going out there concussed next week. You know? Yeah. Like the way he buckled was scary. Like I saw that live and I'm like, holy shit, he is not well right now. Yeah, man, exactly. I, I did not. I was watching the red zone, so we I did end up seeing it, and it was like, oof, like that did not look good. That certainly was a giant red flag, and it would not surprise anyone on earth if this man had a concussion. Yeah, but they say that it was his back that buckled. They say a lot of stuff, but yeah, the NFLPA wants a review of the concussion protocols uh, after that the whole debacle. Um, but here's the thing. Would anyone care? As much would the NFLPA step in as much if it wasn't the beloved Buffalo Bills getting the L because of this? Like, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I don't think the Buffalo Bills have anything to do with oh, it. I, no, no. But, uh, I, I honestly talk, think I'll, I'll... if this was the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Washington Commanders, this wouldn't even be a story. You think so? Really? I think so. Yes. So so how is this benefiting Buffalo, though? Because Buffalo would have probably not continued their comeback. They probably wouldn't have. Uh, the, the Miami wouldn't have gotten more points after the yeah, fact because yeah, yeah, yeah. he would have been gone for the rest of the game. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. I, I don't see it. But, hey, man, maybe there's been dumber conspiracies probably in sports that have been true. Yeah, I still believe with all my heart that Wayne Gretzky bet on the Coyotes the entire time he was coaching them. That's a whole two-hour podcast, but well, yeah, we just swept of, that one under the rug anyway. Exactly, it's kind of similar to how uh, you know people can't open their eyes and notice that Gretzky just like you know was was yawning and Doug Gilmore skated right into his stick, causing him to bleed <laughs> in Game Six of the nineteen ninety three. Semifinal. This is a just just an old wound, man. Tough beat for Buffalo Bills slash Leaf fans listening to the podcast. Which is today. a lot of the same people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big crossover. Yeah, a lot of phones getting thrown into like the Lake Ontario today. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, so you know, and as everyone predicted at the beginning of the year, the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Giants are the only undefeated teams in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You know what I did see, and I didn't bet it, but I'm wishing I would have now. There was a parlay on a, a bunch of sports sites. There was all three Florida teams to make the playoffs, and it was like plus 500 or 600 or something. And I, I didn't take it because, like, all three was a big ask. Tampa was pretty safe, but Dolphins and Jags, it's looking like that's safe. It's looking like all three teams will make the playoffs right now. The Jags should probably win that division, the AFC South. Should. They should. The same way CM Punk should be wrestling right now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, hey, good times for Tony Khan right now because the Jacksonville Jaguars look great. They beat the Chargers. They beat the crap out of the Chargers who they were supposed them. to be this destroyed them. They're, they're The Chargers are supposed to be a Super Bowl threat. Now, Chargers are very banged up. Their quarterback has either broken or bruised ribs. He's got a rib issue, which uh, hurts greatly. <laughs> Uh, both literally and, and uh, figuratively. But anyway, yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars, for real, no exaggeration. They have the most talented team in their division. They have the most talent. Yeah. So 
they should on paper win that division. They really should. Yeah, and Fulham, let's let's look at their their other team, right? Fulham isn't doing too bad. Right now they're in sixth spot in the premiership, just one spot out of a European uh, uh, spot. Uh, top a birth playing in Europe. Number six is right out, but yeah, they're 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 right there, right? Like they're only one point behind Manchester United for that last Europe spot. That's awesome. And man, the last week of AEW was great. Grand Slam, absolutely delivered. So hey, Tony Khan on a heater. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what else happened in the NFL? You tell me. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of games I want to highlight here. Chiefs lost to the oh. Colts, but that was one of those games like, okay, so if you played Miami versus Buffalo 10 times, I think Buffalo wins that game uh, seven out of 10 times, let's say. And Miami wins it three times. We got lucky. If you played Chiefs versus Colts 100 times, Kansas City wins that game 99 times. That was a bullshit win for the Colts, and I don't believe it for a second. Their backs were against the wall. They looked like shit offensively, and I think Kansas City was a little uh, – They I don't know if they took the Colts lightly. It was just tough to go to a, to a home opening game where the team is down 0-2 and they desperately need a win. But, yeah, the, the Chiefs versus Colts, Chiefs lose – 17 to 20. And I do think the the story here is that Chiefs lose, not that the Colts win. Yep. I think that's the biggest story, right? Like, and, and people are going to want to say the same thing about the Buffalo game, right? Where it's Buffalo that lost the game. To a certain extent, that's kind of what I'm saying as well, right? But the yeah. Colts-Chiefs game, from what I saw of it, um, yeah, the, the, the Colts did not win. The Chiefs screwed the Chiefs. Um and, and you can yeah, tell, right? Like, like, there, there was some turmoil as well on the sidelines, right? Thousand percent. That's the thing. Like, yeah, both the Bills and the Chiefs are feeling the weight of their expectations a little bit. And I feel like, yeah, the quarterback was yelling at the offensive coordinator a little bit. You know what I mean? Everyone there wants to win so bad and has so many expectations, so much pressure to win that, you know, sometimes it's you're going to stumble. But let's let's stumble in September and not December, January, right? I think I read in the Buffalo-Miami game that Buffalo ran 90 plays to Miami's, like, 39 or 40. Like, literally doubled them in actual play minutes on the field for the Buffalo's offense. Right? Like, out of a 60-minute game, Buffalo spent two-thirds of it on the field. So, just that alone, Buffalo should have won. And it was the exact same kind of thing with Kansas City and Indianapolis. But Indianapolis just pulled it out. Another game that... Uh, a team snagged defeat from the jaws of victory. The Detroit Lions blew yet another one against Minnesota. They had Minnesota handily beaten, but the Vikings came back and won 28-24. So Vikings stay alive in the NFC. The Eagles, you already pointed them out. They smashed the Washington football club. The Eagles look like arguably the best team in the NFC. Jalen Hurts is improving as a passer. Devontae Smith had a huge game. Uh, the Eagles are looking tasty right now, man. They really are. Like, they absolutely are. It is crazy. Um, it's, yeah, the Eagles are one of those teams that, like, I feel for their fans just because I know their fans. 
because you know Philadelphia fans are the most uh, common sensed people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, know what? I'm, I'm at the point. I'm at the point where I like love the Philly fans. Unless Embiid is playing the Raptors in a playoff series, I'm cheering for Philly almost all the time. I want them to win a couple more titles Same. in my lifetime. You know? It's funny because like they're they're a lot more arrogant than any Boston fan. But I hate Boston fans and any Boston team that much more. Yeah, man, honestly, like I've grown to love the Philly fans to somewhat. I have a soft spot for them, you know, and I think in my lifetime, like I said, like the only the only championship that Philly has won is the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Right. Whereas in my lifetime, Boston has what, like fucking three dozen titles. They win one every year. I'm over it. I'm totally over it. Go Philly. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. One th- a million percent on that one. Um, <laughs> it just. Yeah. But Boston can, you know do a lot of stuff to themselves suck it two times <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh man i absolutely love it what a week what a what a what a sunday for ball for football yeah. anything else you want to chat about about the nfl while we're, while we're at it yeah so we'll just quickly talk about some of the big teams la rams defending super bowl champion they beat the cardinals kyler murray and the cardinals look like they're in trouble uh green bay packers beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers stinky ass game 14 to 12 Buccaneers were missing their top three wide receivers though. So I wouldn't pay that one too much mind. If anything, I think green Bay should have beaten them by a little more. Also the Broncos beat the 49ers. Russell Wilson does not look good for Denver. That's a weird gross game. 11 to 10 final on Sunday night football. So yeah, some, uh, some strange, strange scores. A lot of uh, gamblers probably lost some money this week, homie. Yep, yeah, it was a very strange week. This entire season's been really weird for the NFL. Like, wait, especially like the way that Week One went. You should have known that this is not going to be a fun year for for gamblers. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I made a little little bit of money Week One, lost it all Week Two, and did not bet last week. So that's where I'm at with gambling. So uh, yeah, I have some futures down in hockey and football, but other than that, I, I might not bet too much this year. Just uh, kind of just enjoy the sport. I got fantasy football, which I guess is indeed a form of gambling as well. Yep, exactly. Yeah, man. So before we move on to sports, we should quickly just talk about baseball just because we're down the home stretch here. There are 10 days left in the MLB regular season. We have a lot of teams who have clinched playoff spots already. And by the time we come to you next, we'll probably have playoff schedules, maybe even full on matchups clinched and more of that to talk about. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's been one week since you look. I was literally about to say that, but I'm like, nope, not going to take the low hanging fruit. It's been a hell of a it's been a hell of a hell of a few weeks for baseball, right? Like the Yankees look like they were floundering. Now they don't. The Dodgers are still dominating. The American League wildcard seems to be coming down to just positioning at this point. The National League wildcard is essentially set. It's been a freaking weird few weeks for baseball. And everything is kind of like back to where we were in August, which is so weird. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The NL Milwaukee could still catch either ones of Philadelphia or San Diego. But yeah, it does kind of look like the National League wildcard is set. So yeah, quickly, we'll go through it. So your divisional leaders in the National League, your boys, the LA Dodgers, 106 and 47. 
they lead the West. The Mets lead the East, 97 and 57. St. Louis leads the Central, 89 and 65. St. Louis, no one's close to them really in the Central. I guess Milwaukee, seven games back, they're not going to catch them. So Atlanta, the first wild card. San Diego, the second wild card. Philadelphia, the third wild card. And Milwaukee is a game and a half behind Philadelphia. So they could still catch it. Again, how the playoffs work now is the two best divisional leaders um, get a buy, right? Yeah. it's three versus six, four versus five. Correct. So in this scenario, the Dodgers and the Mets would get a buy to the second round. St. Louis would play Philadelphia and Atlanta would play San Diego in best two out of three series. Yep. That's how it's looking right now. And yeah, I'm curious to see how this format's going to work out because if there's anything a baseball player loves, and I'm being very uh, uh, sarcastic right now, is a change in their routine. So the teams with the bye, (laughs) I wonder how they're going to take it. Absolutely. I wonder how much it will benefit for them to be off for three to five days. I wonder if a week off right as you're hitting. True. Uh, But, I mean, there's like... Travel days in terms of when they're going to actually play next. Nope, there's no travel days. So the way it's going to work is literally right the next day after the season ends. uh, I don't think there's a day off. I think it goes straight into the the wild card and it's three games back to back all in the top seeded um, players or the top seeded teams home. So October 5th, the season ends. October 6th, there is a playoff game. There you go. Yep. That's how it's looking. Is, is that what you're saying? No, I'm, I'm asking you. Is, yeah. that, is that what you're saying? That's exactly what okay. I'm saying. Yep. All right. Yeah. Fifth, sixth, uh, seventh. No, there is. Yeah. There, there is. No, there's not. A, there's no playoff games on the sixth. The sixth will. The sixth is reserved for if there's a tie. If they need to play a 153. I, I think. Well, there's I no think, more 163. There's no, there's no more 163. You're right. You're right about that. I did remember reading that. But yeah, there's no game on the sixth. It goes Wednesday, October 5th, Friday, October 7th. Anyway, these are. this is a very dumb, small No, argument. but the point is, uh, the point is, it's like, yeah, so the way, so one day off and then three straight days and then... I think so I think that's yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of by design so they don't get cold. You know, they don't want to give no, them that too is, much time. That literally yeah. is it. But still, you know, you have everyone has their own routine, everyone has their own um whatever. So, I don't know. I I I really don't know. I still think it will be I'm curious to see how it will, how it could affect the teams with a bye. Well, it will be interesting. I guess we're gonna we're going to find out. Um, so yeah, in the AL, Houston right now leads the AL. They're way ahead of the Yankees at this point, who are number two. So Houston and the Yankees would get buys. Your playoffs would be Cleveland versus Seattle and Toronto. Our Blue Jays hosting the Tampa Bay Rays as the four or five. The first wild card is Toronto. Yep. 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 Awesome. So, yeah, man, the the baseball playoffs are always so much fun. It's just so I, like the nip in the air. You know what I mean? The cool breeze, the fall colors and just like the importance of every pitch, every swing. When the Jays are in the playoffs, it's so much fun going to the bar, checking it out. I was in school uh, going to college when I first moved to Toronto and the, the Jays were like with the Josh Donaldson teams and stuff. It was so much fun, like after class going to grab a pint with a bunch of friends watching a playoff game. You know what I mean? So I just I love the city when the Blue Jays are in the playoffs. It's like my favorite. Yeah. 
did I ever tell you? So I had seasons the first year that they made the playoffs again. So back in 2015, um, when they won the division. Now that year, that was the year that I left BlackBerry, went to the job that I have now, and I started traveling right away. So I missed game one and two and five. So yeah, I missed the entire series of against Texas, including oh, the infamous the, backflip the, game. The backflip and oh man, that led to the to the brawl a year after the yep. punch to the face. Oh my god, that's crazy, man. Now you missed like the 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 biggest game in franchise history, maybe. Yep. Well, other than the World <laughs> Series wins, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. But yeah, I missed yeah. their biggest game wow. in like recent memory, and it kind of sucked because I was, I was, where was I? I was in Indianapolis. I was in Indianapolis. Absolutely. Nap City? Yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely napping, just napping yourself. Horse. Horrible. Just a horrible little town. <laughs> um, it's so boring there. Oh my god. I hope we don't have any listeners there because if they're so bored, yeah. they might you're actually just, be listening to us. Um, <laughs> you're just sending out strays to all kinds of places. I know, right? No, but like, ah, such a horrible time. Anyways, I was at a bar with clients and I'm like on the, my phone trying to watch the game, like trying to find a, a TV anywhere. So I did see the bat flip somewhere in the world but it wasn't in the sky and i'm like i was supposed to be and it was yeah. I, I, it hurts me it still hurts me your chair was empty oh well man at least it happened at least we got to see it maybe butterfly effect maybe if you were there it would not have happened exactly the way exactly. that it did maybe you caused the bat flip by being in indianapolis you know exactly that's exactly it man that's how i see it but we'll see <laughs> Okay, so question. Let's talk Jays. Let's focus on Jays. We're, we're a Toronto-centric podcast, Toronto-centric people. Let's talk some Jays. Who do you put as your pitching rotation, games one, two, three, in the wild card series? That's all. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, you got to go Manoa one, right? Like, that's obviously. Like, or do you, you got to line that up. No, I think I think you go yeah go for one. Yeah, my strategy is win in two games, right? Like, right. I I don't understand the pundits and the analysts who say put your best pitcher in game three with the assumption that it's going to go to game three. No, win the damn thing. I see I see the logic, but what if you lose in two? You exactly. can't like if you're gonna if you're gonna hold him off, make him pitch game two because you need to see him. If you leave Alec Manoa on the bench, you're fired and you should never pitch like manage again. The logic behind it would be like if he if Manoa doesn't pitch and you move on, then you have fresh ace for the opening round and he could pitch or the I guess the second round, but like the their opening round of the playoffs really, and he could arguably pitch a couple games he maybe come in relief if you need him you know what i mean like i get the i get the argument between like keeping him uh rested but no ride your horse you, you manoa is why you got into the playoffs pitch him game one yep that's exactly it so manoa who's game two and three uh, so we have Barrios and Gaussman to split up. I think you put Barrios, honestly. Maybe there's where like Gaussman's arguably better. So you put Gaussman third, Barrios second. I think Barrios is way more uh, inconsistent, possibly a higher ceiling than Gaussman, but a far lower floor. Oh, so man. you pitch Man Manoa game one, 
Barrios pitches game two, and if Barrios fucking fucks it up somehow, you're still you still have Gaussman for game three. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't even put Barrios in the wild card for that reason that you, you don't know which which Barrios is going to show up. So Manoa number one, Striplin number two, Gaussman number three. That's an interesting and conversation. Listen, has, Ross, has Ross Stripling done enough to earn his way into the playoff rotation? Because yes. he's pitched very well. Hundred percent, he has. Hundred percent, he has. One, he's he's replaced Kikuchi. He was a guy on the bench. No one knew how he was gonna do, and he's been stellar. He's been a stud uh, so far this last third of the season. Um, I would one hundred percent put him in the rotation for the playoffs. I would one hundred percent not put Barrios in a wild card situation, just because for me, I would want to lock it up in two games. But all of this depends on the last few days. I don't know what the rotation is going to look like for the last few days of the season because they've been switching between a five-man and a four-man rotation, right? So, uh, Maybe what you do, Boris, is you go Manoa game one, Gaussman game two. Those are your two best pitchers. You ride your horses. And if it comes to it, if you're playing a game three, full bullpen game. Maybe you start with Stripling or Barrios, but everyone has a short leash. And you just find the hot hand, and that's who pitches. Because it's a one game for your life in game three. So I would almost – I've changed my answer. I agree. You've you've convinced me about Barrios. So let's put let's put Gaussman second. Move Gaussman to that second day and sweep these motherfuckers. And if we don't, kind of a bullpen game. Maybe start stripling game three. Yep. All right. Let's 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 lock it in there. Call let's, it into management. Call it into Rogers. Yep. Call it in. And let's move on to some wrestling because we have a couple things we want to talk about in terms of wrestling. Yes, sir. Let's do it. So there are people leaving AEW. I think we should talk about that a little bit. There's some uh, news in Japan, some big cards coming up for New Japan. Uh, I'm very excited for where New Japan's at. There's been some awesome matches lately. But yeah, let's start with uh, Buddy Matthews leaving AEW. He has left the House of Black. The House of Black is now down to two members. The, the children have left the House of Black. I guess actually daddy left. Daddy left. Big brother left. Yeah, and, and the children are all that remain in the House of Black. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. Um, so again, until it's one hundred percent official, this is all speculation based off of, I guess, a promo that he did at a indie show on Saturday night where he kind of says he's you know he's gonna take some time, right? Uh, he kind of addressed the whole House of Black situation and he kind of inferred that he's also going to be taking some time off yes he grabbed the microphone uh in a match after a match at fight life pro wrestling in rhode island in the united states of america buddy matthews told the crowd that he was going to be the bearer of some bad news unfortunately i like some of the other members of House of Black, need to go away for a while. I need to recalibrate. I need to figure out some things. But as my brother Malachi once said, this is not goodbye. This is see you later. So that is a quote from uh, young Buddy Matthews, who uh, is taking some time away from professional wrestling, it looks like. I hope he. I hope he's okay. Hope he uh, gets his head on straight and comes back soon because he's an excellent wrestler. Oh, he's so talented. He is so talented. And he's a perfect example of someone who AEW really could have used because, man, it's it's such a shame, in my opinion, that it's come to this. 
Well, I agree. But the thing, the thing about AEW, we've been saying it for months and months and months. They were too bloated. They were too stacked. So honestly, losing like 10 guys helps everyone remaining yep. on the roster, no matter it who does. it is. Even if, even if it's CM Punk and Kenny Omega and the Bucks and they all go away forever, it helps the Ricky Starks's. It helps the Eddie Kingston's. So it's sad that they, they booked themselves into this position where 20 to 30 people are going to justifiably leave in anger you know but what i mean it should be the bloody matthews of the world who were carrying this company yeah i can't argue that i can't argue that at all man every time he's gotten the mic he seems to be an entertaining character i love the stuff with uh Aaliyah mysterio that was getting pretty entertaining and then they nip that in the, in the bud and again he's a great wrestler in the ring seems like a good guy i hope he's okay man i, I hope he gets more success in the wrestling business because he deserves more than he's gotten Yep, agreed. Now, so that's, so that's okay. Anyways, what else do you want to chat about? Uh, in terms of AEW, I think that covers it, unless there's anything else you want to talk about there. We already just shouted out Tony Khan. He's uh, standing on top of the world. He is Tony King right now, Boris. Yeah, I'm sure he's nose dead, neck deep in. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Jeez, come on. Come I'm, on. I'm joking. I'm joking. Calm down. Tranquilo, everyone. <laughs> um, weirdest story of the weekend Teddy Long's Twitter account. Yeah, that's funny. Teddy Long going on a blocking spree, but I guess he said that it wasn't. It was a fake Teddy Long blocking everyone. I don't under, I don't understand it. I got to tell you, buddy, I don't care much. You can take it from here. I think. I think it was the funniest thing. Just like literally this, this, whatever account just literally blocking everyone in sight. That is actually hilarious. Yeah, I guess it's like you, there are bots set up that if you interact with a certain user or a certain tweet, you just get auto blocked. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I, I've blocked I've blocked a lot of people on Twitter. Sometimes I'll just read a tweet and then God help me. I'll read the responses for some reason. I'll just block, 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 even though they're not talking to me. I just like I don't want to ever see this the blocking on this again. and the mute functions are two functions that people need to use more to make social media a little more reliable, a little more healthy. Because um, yes. I'm not a fan of the cesspool that is Twitter to begin with. Like, I don't like it, but I've had to use the block and the mute quite a bit just because it just keeps things sane. Yeah, man. Twitter can be bad. It can also be pretty funny and entertaining. But, yeah, you got to tread, you know, not not even tread lightly. It's not dangerous. It's just gross and awful. It's just like walking through a sewer. Just plug your nose and get out of there quick. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> that's the perfect way to put it. Right. Remember the good old days of Friendster and MySpace? Like. <laughs> what happened to social media like for, yeah, for, for us man. to just like get like this? Even old Facebook, like you read your Facebook memories and from like 2000, like whenever you logged on for the first time to like, oh, 14, 15, it was also like nice and, and pleasant and harmless. And then it's just like fucking, I don't know, like posts about the truck fucking thing, like the truck convoy in Canada and shit, and just like the whole Donald Trumpington-ness. <laughs> 2015 broke our brains, man. I, I will go to my grave thinking that. Yep, agreed. Agreed. I can't, I can't, can't, can't deny that. Like, there's something about, you know, the, 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 the 2016 American election that just, like, changed everyone's perception of of everything and for lack of a better for lack of a better way to put it i think we just saw that bullshit works like donald trump rose to the absolute top of the world and he got every dream he ever had we made him the most famous person on earth and the most important man in the world just by talking shit and that's why everyone talks shit now because we saw that it works 
It's that yep. simple. Yeah, I think I think that started breaking our brains and the pandemic kind of ended it. And now we're just all fucked. Anyway, Japanese wrestling. <laughs> Japanese wrestling. Tons of stuff going on there. Uh, so let's want to talk about the Royal Quest cards now that they've finally been released. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we have Royal Quest 2, night one and two. That's October 2nd and October 3rd, I believe. Or is it October 1st and 2nd? It's, it uh, is October, October 1st and 2nd. And 2nd. Yes. So we have two cards, two nights, Royal Quest 2. It is the New Japan show in the United Kingdom. Um yep. Crystal Palace Indoor Arena, to be exact. Here we go. So night one, it is going to probably be main evented by FTR versus Aussie Open for the IWGP Tag Team titles. More than likely, that should be the main event. I'll be shocked if it's not. I think that's your main event. I think Aussie Open win the titles. That's your main event. That's going to be a banger. All-time classic potential there. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Shota Umino. That's going to be a fun one. Should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yeah, should be a fun one. We'll see. We have an eight-man tag bullet club of Guido, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Switchblade, Jay White, my boy, versus Hikuleo, Jado, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tamatunga. Sure, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Sure, perfectly fine. Tag team match, Okada and Ishii, Tomohiro Ishii representing Chaos versus Jonah and Bad Dude Tito. Love me some Bad Dude Tito. I love Bad Dude Tito. This match is one I'm really looking forward to because I'm loving this Jonah Okada feud that's going on. Same. And I'm going to touch on another card after we go through all these because we have a, we have the next Jonah versus Okada match finally announced. But yes, we have a six-man tag here. Uh, your boys, Los Ingobernables, uh, of Hiromu Takahashi, the Time Bomb, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito versus Suzuki Goons, Duki, El Desperado, and Zack Saber Jr. Junior. Look, say what you want about all these multi-man tags. I'll I'll talk shit about them a lot, but this is actually what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I love. Well, I mean, ZSJ, ZSJ. He is the boy. He is our all-time boy, maybe here at Bam. He's the yep. guy we like the most, perhaps. Gideon Gray and the Great Ocon versus Ricky Knight Jr. and Michael Oku. That's an interesting match, right there. Good to see some British talent. Michael Oku. Is Ricky Knight uh, British as well? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to assume he is, but he is the I'm actually, champ. Right. Oh, dope. There you go. I am not familiar with uh, the works of Ricky Knight or Gideon Gray, so it'll be cool to check this one out. I know Michael Oku. I know the great Okan uh, quite well, so uh, excited for that one. That should be good. If you're on Kenji... any social media, you know great Okan really well. Yeah, right? How could you not? He's He fucking kills it on Twitter. Uh, Kanji and JC Jazzy Gaber versus Alex Windsor and Ava White. That's that's uh, a tag team match to set up future IWGP women's title tournament matches yeah. right there. Jazzy Gabert, like that's someone who I will be shocked if she isn't in a IWGP women's title position. Yeah, she needs to be. That, that's a good choice. I feel maybe your final is going to, or your semifinal, I think, is going to be Kyrie versus Jazzy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I swear we saw that match in the Mae Young Classic at some point. We actually might have. That's a really good call. We actually may have. Uh, Night two's card, Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. They always deliver. That will be a great match unless it ends in two minutes via injury. Like, there's there's almost zero chance that's anything but great. This is one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most 
in the next few weeks. Yes. 100% agree. They always deliver. We have Hikuleo, Tamotonga, and Tanahashi versus Gallows, Anderson, and Jay White. Six-man tag instead of an eight-man tag like on the previous show. We have Okada versus Tito and Ishii versus Jonah. Dude. So they were they were tagging in the first night, second night, two singles matches. Ishii versus Jonah is Holy going to Christ. be insane. I cannot wait. It'll be fun to see what Okada can get out of Tito as well. It'll be cool to see if Okada can get a great match out of bad dude Tito. But I can't wait for Ishii versus Jonah, buddy. That's going to be dope. Uh, we have Gabriel Kidd, Shota Umino, and Ricky Knight Jr. and FTR in a 10-man tag versus Gideon Gray, Great Okan, Will Ospreay, and Ozzy Open. That one actually has a lot of potential. I think this match is going to be, and I mean this in the most respectful, fun way, a spot fest. Yeah, for sure. Spot Fest featuring uh, FDR. That'll be fun. Yep. Uh, we have a match in the IWGP Women's Title Tournament. It is Jazzy Gabert versus Ava White. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I just noticed the name of the next tag team. Go ahead. Yes. The Young Guns, <laughs> Ethan <laughs> Allen and Luke Jacobs. I love it. Versus uh, Los Ingobernables, Hiromu Takahashi, and Sonata. And we also have a Dookie and El Desperado versus Michael Oku and Robbie X match. Is Robbie X like the uh, the old? He's he's not. He's just like a, a British wrestler, right? He's not the old like TNA woo 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 guy, is he? I don't think so. It'd be Robbie no. X right here. No, okay, no, he's not. He's Very not. good. All right, it'll be interesting to see Robbie X. On the scene. So, yeah, those are your cards for the Royal Quest. We also have, Boris, about a week after that, NWR, NWA, NJPW, New Japan, Declaration of Power. Yes, we De do. Declaration of Power, October 10th. So, your card for that so far is Jay White versus Tamatonga for the IWGP world title. Okada versus Jonah 2. That's going to be awesome. Non-title match, your junior heavyweight champion, Ishimori versus Kishida, provided he's healthy by that time, he should be. King of Pro Wrestling 2002 trophy, 2022 trophy. Your champion, Shingo Takagi, defends against El Fantasmo in a Who's Your Daddy match. I have no further information about the Who's Your Daddy match. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, Red Narita Homecoming. So, yeah, Declaration of Power, which I think has replaced King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. All right. So, yeah, man, that'll be a fun card. Uh, Okada versus Jonah, too, I'm super excited for. And Jonah versus Ishii, super excited for. Going to be a good October for the big whale, Jonah. Oh, it's going to be a fun October for Jonah, and it's going to be a very fun October for New Japan, which is typically kind of like when things really settle down up until Wrestle Kingdom. 100%, yeah. They kind of hit uh, not a lull, but like a little bit of a valley before peaking for Wrestle Kingdom. You know what else is going to be fun in October, buddy? Uh, October 12th, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Rhino. Yes, October 12th, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Rhino, 1249 Queen Street West, SNME, THT, Dark Side of the Elite, present to you, Bash at the Bar. Come on down. Everyone's invited. It is free to come in. All you needs to do is pay for your own food and beverages, but we've got you covered. We've got some space and a celebration of wrestling, awesome prizes, special guests, 
maybe even a joke or two told by this guy as I point to Matt in my my uh, (laughs) non-existent camera. Yes, yeah, I, I'm uh, probably do a couple uh, minutes of stand-up, maybe write like a roast set for like five or ten wrestlers, make fun of CM Punk and Kenny Omega for being bitches, and get out of there. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm also, uh, I, I haven't talked to you about this, so I should mention it would probably off the air, but fuck it, whatever. Like, there's a WWE Trivia TO. They haven't done anything in a long time. We should reach out to them, maybe try to do a little trivia contest. That, yeah, that's actually one of my notes somewhere was like, I wonder no what, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh. Old Don Cook. Yeah, what what he's doing. Old Don, yeah, he's a good guy. He's got some hot takes on Twitter, WWE oh, Trivia to you. <laughs> Don, Don, Don's a really good guy, though. And I, I've had a lot of fun at those trivia nights. So maybe we'll uh, give him a ring, see what's going on. A ring-a-ding-ding. Yes, sir. So, yeah, do you want to uh, talk about Impact or do you want to just close our laptops and get the fuck out of here? All right, let's talk about some impact. Okay, so <laughs> was it Victory Road, Boris? Was there it a was Victory Road? To Victory, be it was Victory Road at the same time as uh, AEW Grand Slam Rampage. And I got to say, this show, Victory Road, was a lot of fun. Fucking oh, impact. Fucking impact. Um, nice. Just, just I, was your- I, I was expecting. I was expecting you to go a different way with that. I know, right? All right, let's get to it. Don't want to spend too much time here simply because love keeping the show at around an hour. Match one, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Delirious. Kind of what you would expect, right? Delirious is Delirious. Throwing all kinds of curveballs at me, Boris. I wasn't expecting Delirious. I better pull up the card for this thing. Mike Bailey versus Delirious. Is he he still shouting nonsense? I'm going to guess yes. 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 He's he's (laughs) like a... Smaller, crazier Luchasaurus. But anyway, Speedball Mike oh, Bailey won call. that one. Good call. Seems about right. Yeah. All right. Uh, the second match was Honor No More's Vincent and PCO versus the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. Motor City Machine Guns won. This match was a lot of fun. PCO is insane. I don't know how he still does what he does at the age that he is. I really don't get it. It's uh, we've said this before about him. It's just like if he never stops, he'll never feel the brunt of his bumps. I don't know what's going to happen, though, man. Like, literally, he's just going to do a front flip off of the top rope and explode into a pile of a million bones. And I know human beings don't have a million bones, but somehow a million bones will come out of this man. And that's how he dies. Yeah. Honestly, put him, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair in the ring and let's see what happens. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't, well, we don't have to put Ricky Steamboat in that class. It's just yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know why I thought of Ricky Steamboat. I guess it's because triple, like, yeah. he's getting more he's getting more um, uh, coverage because of his comeback match, right? Right. No, it makes sense. Yeah, it's a triple threat match: PCO versus Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. Your winner, time. <laughs> <laughs> Giselle Shaw versus Mickey James. This match was actually pretty good. Giselle Shaw's always fun. Mickey James, just an uh, an absolute legend. Mickey James ends up winning this after a last. Uh, sorry, she she ends up winning this, and her her kind of her last hurrah continues, which is right. moving into Bound for Glory in just a couple weeks. Oh, true. Now, yeah, that's it's on a Friday. Bound for Glory is right. Okay. Put a pin on that. We're going to talk about this right at the end of the show because okay. uh, when I was speaking with uh, Mike yesterday, we something dawned on us. 
All right. Okay, very good. Match four. Mia Yim versus Laredo Kid versus Trey Miguel versus Alex Zane versus Kenny King versus Yuya Uimura versus Frankie Kazarian versus Black Taurus. This match was okay. I'm just not a fan of the intergender stuff, just like you. The winner of this match will face Mike Bailey at Bound for Glory. Frankie Kazarian wins. Oh, that's good. That's a good usage of Frankie Kazarian. If he's going to be here in Impact for a little bit, put him up there against the Speedball. I like it. What are the rules of this uh, triple threat revolver nine-person match or whatever it was? How did this fucking thing work? It's a gauntlet match. Okay. Except it's three people in the ring at a time. Interesting. And if you get pinned, you're out. Someone else comes in? Correct, though. Cool. Cool. All right. All right. All right. Bobby Fish makes his impact wrestling debut. I'll give you the replay. <laughs> I'm not, not a big Bobby Fish guy. Uh, but, hey, good for him. Get get them checks. I, I would like, even if I don't think I would personally get along hanging out with somebody, love to see people working in the wrestling business. So good well, for you, Bobby Fish. Hope he has a good run. Apparently, it's just going to be a short run. He apparently, I forget, I don't remember which reporter said this i don't i don't for i don't i just know as a fact i read this it's one of those things about how my brain works i'll remember everything i read except for like you know the, the source most, yeah the source <laughs> anyways bobby fish hasn't signed with impact it's a short-term deal that run essentially runs through bound for glory and the tapings after and the reason for that is because they're in his backyard of albany new york Ah, makes sense. Yeah, bring him in. Get a couple friends and family there to buy some tickets. Why not? Yep. All right. Honor No More's Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, and Eddie Edwards versus Rich Swan, Josh Alexander, and Heath. This match has had some really good setup over the past few weeks in Impact. You never knew exactly what was going to happen with Rich Swan, Alexander, and Heath. Heath was kind of like the odd man out there. Anyways. Yeah, I guess Honor no I more. would say so. For many reasons, right? Anyways, Honor No More ends up winning this match. Uh, Edwards gets a pinfall on Josh Alexander to further set up Bound for Glory's main event. Nice. The oldest wrestling trope in a, in the book, but it, when it works, it works, man. The, uh, the challenger pinning the champion in a tag team match before the show. Yep. Jordan Grace versus Max the Impaler with Father James Mitchell on her side at her side uh, Jordan Grace ends up winning this match again this match was kind of fun um if you've never seen Max the Impaler go out and watch a Max the Impaler very different yeah, Max- uh, uh presentation of a professional wrestler period whether male or female doesn't matter just a very different presentation I love it it's like a new twist on kind of like an 80s ish character like a Mad Max Hoss exactly. baby face pretty cool yep. I love it. Yep. So this match was pretty fun. It was just two brutes going at it, right? Like two female brutes just kicking each other's ass. All right. Then it was announced that Raven is going to be inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame at Bound for Glory. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. That feels about right. He uh, deserves to be. If there's an Impact Hall of Fame, he deserves to be in it. Yep. And then it was the main event in a barbed wire massacre match. Moose versus Sammy Callahan versus Steve Macklin. Triple threat barbed wire massacre featuring a forgotten son and a former NFL player. <laughs> right. And 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 Sammy Callahan. 
And of course, Solomon Crow. Yes. Yep. Well, Steve Macklin wins this match. Really? Yeah. What do you know? Go figure. Yep. So Good Sammy Callahan's <laughs> going for a cactus driver. First off, Sammy Callahan's ring attire. Awesome. Little tribute to Mick Foley with the uh, ca- uh, a cactus like cactus jack like shirt and a red and black nice. flannel. Anyways. Uh, Sammy Callahan goes for a cactus driver. Macklem hits him with a low blow to escape. A KIA onto the barbed wire door. Uh, this is how Macklin ends up winning. Moose wasn't even figured into the end, but that's that. Steve Macklin wins. Dang. All right. Well, good for you, Steve Macklin. Big win on the main event of an impact show and barbed wire everywhere. By God. Yep. That was a thing. But yeah, no, pretty fun show. Moving on to Bountiful Glory, Bountiful Glory, Friday, Friday, October 7th. All right, this is where things get a little dicey, Matt, because do you know what is on Saturday, October 8th? Saturday, October 8th. Off the top of my head, uh, oh, is it Extreme Rules? Correcto. Oh, dang. Oh, I got to put out a feeler for the for the next uh Last patron standing. We still have five people there, but yes, yes. Uh, Impact Wrestling, Bound for Glory. What a weekend that will be. Yeah, so here's here's where things get, well, not dicey, but interesting. Is So we have the after party, right? And uh, Mike's going to be on his way to Toronto during Extreme Rules. So I think you and I are taking the after party. Um, and yeah. Because that's the same week as Dynamite. That is also Thanksgiving weekend. Crazy busy weekend here. So we have Bountiful Glory on the Friday. We'll talk about that on BAM on the Monday. And then a live after party for Extreme Rules on the 8th. Right after the show on Saturday. That's our weekend in a nutshell, my friend. Interesting. So wait, is the 10th then, October 10th, Monday, a holiday in Canada? Yes. That's Thanksgiving Monday? Yep. My God, Boris! All right, cool. All right, sounds good. Uh, what are we are going to we? Uh, <clears throat> are we going to do a Bound for Glory review after the show? We're gonna have to. Or are we just gonna put that on? Are we gonna put that on Bam? Like, we're I gonna, know we're gonna talk about it. We'll, we'll put it on Bam. I think we'll put them. Okay. We'll talk about the details after. Also, we need to figure out what we're gonna do with Halloween Havoc, considering it's a Saturday show. Mm, yes, October twenty second, I believe, right? Yep. Uh yeah. If if we're free on that Saturday night, if you're in Toronto, we could try to do a podcast about that. We'll figure that one out for sure. Yep. So tons going on in October. Uh you know, it's October's coming up. So patrons, again, thank you always for 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 supporting the show, for helping us do what we do, for keeping the lights on, literally, uh, on on this here SNME network, uh, patreon.com slash SNME radio for anyone who wants to join. Just five bucks a month. You get one wrestling show a day, plus a bunch of extras, plus, plus God knows how much other stuff, uh, interviews, and all that fun stuff. Just remember, Wednesday, October 12th, 1249 Queen Street West, The Rhino, 1 to 6 p.m. Before we all go down and watch some dynamite, let's have a pint or 10. Let's chat some wrestling. Let's laugh some wrestling. Let's celebrate wrestling. That's going down too. So much going on. So much going on, man. It's just crazy. 
Yeah, man. Before dynamite, let's dine and pints. Right? That was terrible. Oh my god, that was terrible. Okay, let's go. I'm, He's I mad. Gotta go to I'm Boris. Stay <laughs> tranquilo. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it kind of rhymes, you see. Dine and pints. Dine. Uh, anyway. Uh, we're, I'm stopping it right now. <laughs>